people get excited about the I do's and the I wills when it's wedding time. It's a beautiful thing to dream about the blissful day with the one you love. But too often we are not taking the time to consider the reality of the day-to-day living or securing our future. It is absolutely necessary to consider life after the honeymoon. I am Dr. Sabrina Ellis and welcome to Wife Life Securing Your Future. Hello, I am Dr. Sabrina Ellis. Welcome to Wife Life Securing Your Future podcast. This is part of the D Free Podcast Network. Today, we're going to discuss what needs to be in your financial preparation plan and what you can do now if you do not have one. In the beginning of the marriage relationship, the priority is normally to make your house a home and take care of the family. As progressive women, many of you also work outside of the home, which makes for a busy life. So you may be inclined to allow your husband to take care of the financial side of your life. If so, that's just fine. But you need to be on top of the finances as well. Of course, the income and expenses are a large part of your financial planning. But there is more. Insurance Retirement savings and investments are all a part of planning for your future. It is in your best interest to prepare and to be in control of your future. Too often, wives know very little to nothing about the business side of marriage. You need to know. Statistics show that women usually outlive their husbands, and most widows end up in poverty. I don't want you to end up widowed or divorced without the resources you need to survive, or better yet, thrive. So let's dive into beginning the beginning stages of creating a plan. To discuss this, we are joined today by Dr. Nicole Simpson, She is a certified financial planner with more than 30 years of experience in the securities industry. She is also the host of a podcast on the D-Free Network called Financial Solutions with Dr. Nicole. Dr. Nicole, thank you for joining us today. We are so happy to have you here. And we'd like to get started with the first question or item for discussion. When creating a financial plan, what is the first thing a husband and wife should discuss? Well, first of all, let me say, Dr. Sabrina, it is such a joy to be here. And I absolutely love the way that you indicated how wives ought to recognize that there is a business side of marriage. And so when one is creating a financial plan between a husband and wife, the first thing that they need to do is create an agreement between themselves. And in order to make that happen, they must evaluate what each of them are bringing to the table. When you're coming together 
uh, with your finances. You want to know what is in your banking accounts, banking accounts. Uh, do you have any debt? What is my uh, uh, baggage and what is my surplus uh, as we're joining forces together? Uh, do we have an obligation that he will take care of several of the bills I'm going to be responsible as the wife uh, to have bills as well. And so this information should be available to both parties uh, so that they at least at minimum find themselves having a financial conversation uh, at minimum, I say, at least once a quarter. That's what I would start off doing first. Excellent. Excellent. I think this is such critical information um, for our couples. If a couple is preparing to get married or if if they have only been married for a few months, uh, at what point should the discussion begin? When should this conversation take place? Is there such a thing as too early or or how couples can uh, make these conversations fun even? I'm so glad that you said that to take the stigma away from, uh, you know, having to deal with uh, the challenges of money, the resources. But I invite couples to think about it from this perspective. If money were not an issue, what would you want to envision in your future? So here, the couple has an opportunity to dream together about what it is they so desire. And so once you're establishing a vision for the household, a vision for your future, you're doing that in advancement of the marriage, in, um, in advance of uh, uh, coming together. And now that we have identified uh, in a perfect world as we're beginning to build this life together, we now know some of the key things that we want to accomplish uh, as a couple, as a union. And so in dreaming about that future, once that can be easily identified, uh, then a Financial costs can be attached to everything, but now they're working on fulfilling dreams, fulfilling purpose, fulfilling their destiny, as opposed to saying, well, in five years, we want to buy a house because it's the right thing to do as a married couple. It just takes on a different um, level of energy, and that is always uh, helpful for any married couple to be. Excellent, excellent. I know that um, most of us, uh, don't like to have the conversation about what is inevitable. Um, we don't like to talk about um, the passing away of either uh, spouse, uh, but uh, for the sake of the entire family, you know, these difficult conversations need to take place. So what plans should be in place in case a spouse passes away? What, what should be considered up front. Every family situation is different. And so the, the question is, and, and, and this is a long question, so um, I, I know you're following me. Uh, yeah. Every family situation is different. Is there a difference in the plan for people who are getting married for the first time uh, versus people who are getting married for the second time? That is a, a tiered question. So let me go back to, um, you know, when you're really initiating uh, the conversation about coming together as a union, uh, you want to make sure that when you're setting those goals, you're doing it from a short term and intermediate term 
and a long-term perspective, what my goals, our dreams, our aspirations are. But you also want to take into consideration uh, what happens if the inevitable happens, the unknown, the uh, and the undesirable consequence. So if this is someone's first marriage, you might be young and, you know, everyone is, is, is starry-eyed in that regard. But you do want to have those conversations. Well, if something were to happen, what level of a lifestyle would you want? family to be able to still achieve? What goals did you set together that you want your spouse or the survivor to still have? And so you oftentimes will find with new couples coming in, uh, starting a family, then those um, there may be some needs for uh, new home purchases, new uh, you know college education for children that you're intending to have. Uh, this is a conversation in that vision plan that you ought to have. If it is a second marriage, maybe someone got married later on in life and, uh, uh, you know, they're marrying simply for companionship or they're also starting a family with the same goals and objectives. Uh, you want to take into consideration uh, uh, the fact that there may be dependents or children from a previous marriage and in your conversation for your financial future, you want to make sure as you're building together that you're not neglecting anyone from your past uh, overall. And so that's where things can get a little dicey. And I always invite and encourage individuals uh, to really take a full lens or full view of uh, where it is that you're standing. What is it that you want to leave or, uh, you know, provide for your previous um, children from another marriage? Did you have an agreement um, with the, um, your, you know, your other spouse, if that um, is a secondary marriage, or do you have provisions set aside for the children? Married couples coming in later on in life. Uh, do you want to say, I just want to spend the rest of my life with you. This is going to be wonderful. We're going to have an enjoyable time. But all that I've acquired uh, thus far, I want to leave to my next generation of children and grandchildren. I find that full transparency and honesty is critical in these conversations. Now, that may require that in this second marriage, uh, you're going to go forward and ensure that you're still building a firm financial foundation for you and your significant spouse in the right now. And so it may take a revisiting of uh, uh, some of the basic protection needs as well as accumulation. Uh, and that is uh, critical that you start developing an estate plan in order to make that happen. And Dr. Um, Sabrina, one of the things with creating a estate plan means that you're dealing with, uh, you know, what will happen if I transition tomorrow? What type of insurance do I have? Mm -hmm. What type of social security benefits am I leaving the significant other? How does the second marriage really affect social security benefits for my previous spouse? You know, and so all of those um, are conversation uh, questions that um, should be had in the midst of that conversation if it's a secondary marriage. Thank you, uh, Dr. Simpson. I would say um, for so many of us, um, some of this conversation, the terms, um, the language seems so foreign and um, as if we may not be able to reach it. And so when we start talking about who do we reach out to, to, to start these kinds of things, and, and we talk about financial planners or financial advisors. And I think many times because of the lack of knowledge that we assume that we have to have a lot of money to start these types of planning. Can you, can you speak to that 
for our audience? Is it necessary to have a lot of money to start planning for your future? Absolutely not. I want every individual under the sound of my voice to understand that you can get financial guidance at any stage of your life. As a matter of fact, many people can get it complimentary to them if they have a traditional checking account at your local bank. Many banking institutions now have advisors, financial advisors that are a part of their banking network that you can sit down with them and say, hey, I want to get a firm grasp on where it is that I'm standing from a financial planning perspective. So it does not take a lot of money. I think sometimes we're overwhelmed or inundated because we feel like we must get our affairs in order before we can present them to someone else. But a financial advisor, a financial planner, they're there to help and or guide you to help you navigate what you have already. You cannot even make a determination as to where you're standing if you're not willing to look at it with someone that has a different set of eyes as to what you need and where your vulnerabilities are. So do not hesitate. Just simply say, I want to get my financial affairs in order today. You can go down to your local bank. You can also call financial advisors and financial planners. Most of them are willing to sit down at no cost to you to ensure uh, that they're at least giving you some level of direction in hopes that they can eventually uh, have you become a client. So take advantage of that. Make sure that you interview multiple individuals, have all of your questions written out that you have uh, and see what they're bringing in terms of value to you. As far as individuals that are in that place of saying, well, I don't know if I can save anything and that's why I haven't done anything yet. I want to assure you that with as little as $25 a month, anyone can begin to work toward their financial freedom. I'm glad you said that, Dr. Simpson, because um, I think that is some of the, the, the issue that many have when they feel like they've got to work to build finances in order to start the planning uh, for their future. And I think it's critical that you understand. And it doesn't have to be as daunting as it may seem. Um, it can actually be fun. Uh, because it, be it becomes a challenge sometimes and, and it's a race to, to, to get to a goal or whatever. And so I think for our listeners, if you would just understand that this is something that's absolutely necessary, we don't want um, our wives to continue to be left behind. We don't go into marriage expecting to become widows or, or expecting to become divorced, but it's better to plan for it than not to. Would you agree with that? I absolutely agree. You want to come in well-versed and understanding, and I shouldn't even say well-versed because that might be overwhelming, but you want to have at least some working understanding of where your family is financially. So that God forbid, if the inevitable that you're talking about, Dr. Sprina, would happen, you're not overwhelmed in addition to being in a position where you're dealing with the laws. That is probably the absolute worst time to try to make a determination as to where your finances are uh, when you're dealing or you're in the midst of dealing with a catastrophic loss as you're discussing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, one of the, the main last questions that I have for you is um, what is your advice 
for the wife whose husband does not want to have this conversation? So when we were younger, and I'm sure this is generationally speaking, our parents, I believe, passed down information to have mad money and then mad, mad money. I, I want all women to understand this. If this is a conversation that your significant other is unwilling to have, you must take the initiative and begin to secure your financial freedom yourself. You cannot sit back and wait for them uh, to change their mind about a matter. The statistics bear themselves out. Women outlive typically their spouses. And because of that, if you wait until he tells you that we're going to have this conversation, you may wait too late. Now, how do you get started without causing calamity within the household? What you can begin to do, especially if, as you indicated in the beginning, Dr. Sabrina, women that work, um, you know, that are married oftentimes work outside of the um, outside of the marriage as well. So they have their own independence financially. Begin with the benefits that are on your job. What does my job offer me? How can I save uh, myself? How can I contribute toward retirement? How can I protect myself from a life insurance perspective? Uh, what are the things that I can do if you think about that, your starting, um, your starting base is a really good starting base. You can also create a will for yourself uh, to ensure that the resources that I have, uh, that they are properly allocated. And I'm not waiting because a will is not based off of two people. The will is based off of you. You will do it in consultation with your spouse, but you want to make sure uh, that you're managing your own affairs as well. Uh, those are some of the things that I would do if my significant other did did not want to have that difficult money conversation. It is too important of an issue to be left unaddressed. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dr. Nicole Simpton, for joining us today. And the information that you have shared is so important. Ladies, ladies, we have got to ask the questions. We must ask the questions. Where is the money? Do we have an insurance policy? If so, where is the policy? And yes, who is the beneficiary? These are questions that must be answered as you start on your journey to financial freedom and securing your future. You don't want to be caught by surprise. It's unfortunate, but it happens and it happens all too often. So let's figure out how to get started with securing our future. Dr. Nicole Simpson has been quite helpful with sharing her expertise with us on today. Thank all of you for joining us today. And in the next episode of Wife Life, Securing Your Future, we're going to look at the legal ramifications of not planning for your future. Join us next time. Thank you.